before we start, is this microphone working okay? Yeah. Is it clear and distinct? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, before we before we move off into this early morning traffic coming in from the south side of County Dublin, just a few words about our capital city. And the name Dublin comes from the Irish words Dovling, meaning a black pool, and is really of more recent origin than the Irish name that you see on the signpost for the city, which tells us Balia Clear, and translated into the English, Balia Clear means the town of the Hurdle Ford, and it is where the Father Matthew Bridge spans the River Liffey today is said to have been the ancient site of the Ford of the Hurdles. The city's history can be traced back as far back as the second century AD when a Greek geographer named Partelemy referred to it as Iblana, a favorite port for the mariners of Western Europe of that period. Sometime about the year 448, St. Patrick, our patron saint, is said to have visited a Wednesday morning in October, a typical coach tour, one of hundreds that crisscrossed the country from early spring to the end of October. On board, 42 American tourists, a representative of the Minneapolis firm which promoted the tour, Eddie Healy, the CIE courier, John the driver, and myself. We reach Ball's Bridge. The main event competed for here is the Nations Cup that was donated by the late Agatan and which was won this year, by the way, by the Irish team. I <clears throat> uh, hear you have the offices and you have some of the showrooms on our left, and behind then we have you are the grounds and enclosures of the Royal Dublin Society. Across the road, we visit the sweeps office. And as I told you already, we'll take you through the, the building, and uh, they also give souvenirs the last time we were here, they were giving bookmarkers. If you tell them the, the star under which you were born, month of the year, whether, it be a, whether you be a Leo or a Capricorn, whatever, they'll give you a, a suitable bookmarker to take away as a souvenir. And then you buy a ticket. Like <laughs> oh, seriously, there's no, <laughs> there, there's no onus on anybody to, to purchase a ticket here, but you will find it an interesting visit. And we, we would like to be leaving here at... Um, I make it just 18 minutes after 9 now. Well, with a group of this size, we, we leave it until uh, until 10 o'clock, okay? Okay. Okay, just in case anybody is tempted and want to, wants to buy a ticket. Right. Okay, you can follow me in. Much buying of sweet tickets, though some, particularly the older ones in the party, are fearful that it might prove to be illegal back home. Then on through Dublin, past Leinster Lawn and Stephen's Green and across to Christchurch and St. Patrick's. He wrote in satire, indeed not only his writings, but many of his famous sermons were against the establishment at the time. The Drapier's letters are one that come to mind, but the only work he ever received any money for was a book called Gulliver's Travels, which may ring a bell with you. And he lies here in the south aisle of the church, is buried here in the south aisle alongside the great love of his life, Hester Johnson, whom he always refers to in his writings as Stella. He also gave us his own epitaph, I lie where furious indignation will no longer rend my heart. 
Sightseeing is one important aspect of any coach tour. There are several others, among them shopping. I've got a 35 millimeter at home. It's a Yaka, somebody or whatever. That is twice as much as this one. I wouldn't take the else to take that. No, I don't want it because I can't run it. It's too sophisticated. And every trip I've ever gone on, I've taken this camera. The pictures come out beautiful. And I, you know, you have to have something you can run. You know, and the movie camera I brought with me. I must have set this down kind of hard because I've, I've got a big scratch in my lens. When darkness falls, the coaches almost find their own way to the well-established centres of entertainment in Dublin, places like the Abbey Tavern. Juries too, there is song and dance, and the incomparable Hal Roach, who tells them something about Ireland. And the following morning, now this is what this is what makes Ireland famous. Listen to this: the following morning, there's a knock at the bedroom door. I opened the door. It was the porter. He said, "Excuse me, sir. Was it seven o'clock or eight o'clock you wanted to be called?" <laughs> I said, "I wanted to be called at nine o'clock." I said, what time is it now? He said, it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> Lovely stuff. It really is. And no, thank you. God. I, I... The last Sunday I was down in Kilkenny doing a show, and now listen to this, and I, I'm driving back at midnight, and I'm running short of petrol, and there's a man walking towards me, and I said, excuse me, are there any all-night 24-hour petrol stations in Kilkenny? He said, yes, sir, four of them. I said, could you direct me to one of them? He said, I could, but they'd be all closed now. <laughs> We're the bravest. We really are. Even today now, I went to, I mean, you know, just to digress from the Irish for a while, I was at a meeting today, did a, you know, sort of press reception, you see, at the French embassy today. Funny men, these Frenchmen, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. One of them kissed me on both cheeks. It was very embarrassing. I was tying my shoe at the time. <laughs> In Dublin, we... Uh... We went to juries and saw the show at juries with the group, and we enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, there's some very talented people in the show, and we enjoyed that uh, quite a good deal. Uh, Do I detect reservations in what you're saying? Yeah, the only reservation that we have is the, uh, the program content somewhat, uh, that it was obviously geared for a totally American audience, and uh, we didn't really think that that was necessary, at least as far as we were concerned. Uh, to some extent, you could even regard the playing of uh, the Battle Hymn of the Republic and Dixie at the end of the show, for example, as being patronizing. Are you possibly being uh, a little unfair to juries in that they cater for a tourist trade? Do you feel that they should put out the authentic Irish music, which is very difficult to appreciate, even for Irish people sometimes? 
I would have liked it better had they at least ended with the Irish National Anthem. I don't feel they have to keep... I, 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 I can see where they'd feel that way. I would prefer it if they didn't. But obviously that whole audience was American, and I can see where they'd feel they'd need to. But Chicago and I left my heart in San Francisco was a bit much. Well, that, that's interesting, too, because <laughs> we were with uh, our friends, the Rileys, and uh, we were predicting when we came in what it was that would take us out of the picture and make us run for the door. And we said, uh, Chicago, followed by I left my heart in San Francisco, and I'll be darned if they didn't play him in that sequence. And <laughs> it, it, it just, I think that's an indication that, that to an American, really that sort of selection of program is kind of trite. But uh, the rest of the group did appreciate it. You know, there's no question about it. Uh, so maybe our tastes are different, I guess. Uh, even I just say. an Irish sing-along, I would think that's better than American songs. I liked Dublin, but I wasn't real thrilled with it because you can what you find in Dublin you can find anywhere in the world, I guess. And um, I did not like the Abbey Tavern. I didn't care for that. I thought it was very contrived. Um, and I think on the whole tour, that was the only thing I didn't like. There was a man that we worked with that came back just a couple of weeks before we left, and... Uh, he told us his opinion, and I asked him, was there anything you saw, any place that you went, that you didn't care, that you could have thought, well, I could have gotten along without that. He said, no, I enjoyed it, everything that we did and saw. And the two places that were mentioned were the two places that we went to. And they were just, were just uh, better than <laughs> I had expected. What two places were these? Um, juries, last night. And uh, the Abbey Tavern. Yeah. They were both so very good and yet so different in their own, in their own entertainment. I just marveled at how the just, atmosphere and everything of them. Just as a matter of interest, uh, the show in juries last night wound up with a, a melange of American <laughs> airs. Could you tell me something about how you reacted to that? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, oh, I guess a little surprised mm. that they would do something for it, like in that order for the Americans that they uh, wouldn't end up with maybe something in their own <laughs> type of entertainment. But I, th I thought it was just beautiful that they would do that for us and do it so well. Well, I assumed that the show was more or less geared to the American audience. And I think giving it a rousing ending of American songs made us all feel very good. Welcome. <laughs> yes, very <laughs> welcome, yeah. They're very impressed with the courtesy that they receive in hotels. They're very impressed with the, uh, the various cabarets that they attend insofar as that the... Uh, more especially with the comedians such as at uh, juries, and they always make this comment that, uh, you know, it's very few cabarets they attend where they don't hear a, a smutty joke, a smutty story. This is something that, they, that they're very impressed with. That there and are no smutty stories. No yeah. smutty stories. They're very impressed that, uh, that when they are you know, booked into a, a cabaret, such as Jury's and, say, the uh, cabaret in Killarney, that it, it, it is, it is a, an Irish cabaret. To them, I think, a cabaret is a totally different thing. 
they're, they're very impressed with that Irish songs, dancing, and so forth. Thursday morning saw us on the road again, headed west. We'll be making a rest stop for you in Mort, and then on to Athlone, where we cross the Shannon, in the town of Athlone, and Athlone is known as the gateway to the west of Ireland, brings us into County Roscommon, and thence into the county of our destination for today, County Galway, where we'll check in to our hotel, the Galway Ryan, and then in the afternoon, we'll set a time when we get there. Anybody wishing to go into Galway will take you in, bring you back, and then it is tomorrow morning that we take the Connemara tour, which is a very beautiful part of Western Galway. I like the idea of having everything planned out, where to go and what to see, where to shop, where to eat, a little bit of the night spots that you've heard about. And especially for us as two gals traveling alone, you kind of wonder, you know, should we go there or not? This way that we have a good idea that it's what to expect. And uh, well, we probably wouldn't do it on our own. Yes, I agree. I feel that we, in the short time we have here, on our own, we would never be able to see as much as we have seen on the tour. And we get to see all the important, as much as we can get in. Especially well, having somebody uh, along with us, like Eddie, he has just done a oh, yeah. marvelous <laughs> job yes. of giving us the history and the culture, and I just marvel at uh, all that he can handle and give you such a good idea of what you're seeing with all the details, and well, I think it's just terrific. Yeah, you never would have got all that just reading it on no. your own, yeah. and he makes it entertaining and very interesting. Good personality. Yeah. Eddie Healy, the courier, seemed indeed to be almost all things to all men. Apart from the stream of information he imparted and the constant attention to minor problems, he also whiled away the journey with jokes and songs over the tannoy. There were dewdrops and primroses piled up beside her bed And Fern's church was crowded when the funeral mass was said But here was I on Broadway, a building bricks by load when they carried out our coffin down the old bog road. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> my timing, my timing wasn't very good, actually, with that song, because this is the town of Tills Pass uh, we're coming into here in County Meath. And uh, if you take note, uh, it's, it's a very clean, tidy town, don't you think? Well, it's 1975. Uh, this town was chosen to represent Ireland in a European architectural year. You may have seen the sign as we came into the town. A question we're often asked is, uh, what are the main attributes of a courier? And uh, a quick answer to that would be uh, patience and a good humour. Yeah. Add, added to that would be uh, to get uh, self-confidence in oneself, 
because if if you're if you're operating a tour and you're operating a tour naturally with people guiding them around your country of people from a foreign land and if you don't show self confidence well they in turn they're go- they're going to lose confidence in you and going to lose confidence in their tour and it's not easy at the beginning take myself i started the uh, summer of 1966 i started on tours and for me it was the first time i ever took a microphone in my hand and you know you freeze at the beginning but gradually as you get a little bit of confidence you go on and on and uh, we uh, when when we're selected for this we we go on a training course i i did a week at Aris uh, Anna the CIE school in Gardner Street in Dublin and a week travelling around the country but a lot of it is really up to yourself you can learn so much only in in 2 weeks you've got to study up i would say for most of us and including myself here that um well we are probably meeting people who are of far more educated than ourselves so it means studying up recapping on an awful lot that we learned learned at school we've been out of school as was for well for me it was 9 years nearly 10 years when I, when I left school before I started uh, guiding tours so it meant recapping doing a bit of research finding out uh the things that people would be interested in in the agricultural industry history of course we find that uh, american people are very interested in history and more especially uh, people uh, american irish americans they 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 like to know about the history of the country and it means that we've got to study up and learn about the, the history of the country and be able to uh, portray it to them and tell them in 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 uh, not without going into great depth tell us uh, more or less give it as a story Jack Grimm is the representative of the Minnesota Travel Agency which organized the tour Delaney Joyce Nodell Travel in St. Paul we're basically an Irish retail firm we do um we act as general agents for all the steamships the airlines the railway companies but our primary business in the retail business is the Irish market Is this because of the huge local uh, population of Irish extraction? We do have a large number of Irish extraction in the Twin Cities area and uh consequently our company deals with both charters, scheduled service and tours to Ireland with car hires, various airlines and so on. Do you feel these tours and you come as the representative of the company with the tour? Right, we come along basically to ensure that our interests with the company are fulfill that we're getting what we paid for. Obviously we don't do any of the actual courier work. We're just along to make sure that if there are any problems that they're properly and efficiently handled. You've been in Ireland before on these days. This is about my fifth tour and uh, it's probably one of my most favorite areas in the world. Specifically because there are there's a basic commonality of languages. American tourists like to go where they can be understood and understand. Additionally, they have very little problem that they normally would have with a money exchange. 
pence system, we normally equate the system to two dollars to one pound, although the rate fluctuates, it's much easier for them to figure it that way. And finally, because the Irish are very warm and congenial people, and that's one of the big selling factors that we deal with when selling tours to Ireland. Uh, I'm Marie Michaeloff, and I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm a general contractor, building contractor, and uh, I decided to come on this tour because, well, first of all, my aunt decided to come, then my cousin, and it's kind of a family situation. And uh, my father and my mother, I'm full-blooded Irish, and uh, we have relatives here, and we decided that if we're going to make a trip, we should come to Ireland and see where our people came from and what our heritage is all about. Uh, we belong to St. Anthony Church, which is the Irish Catholic Church in our area. And we have the Irish dances and the Irish gatherings, uh, more or less the same as what you have here. When there's an Irish wedding, you have to find an awful big hall. And um, we keep in contact. And it's, it's basically a very friendly Everyone knows everyone, or everyone is pretty much related to everyone else. I think over here, we don't think of um, the Midwest as being particularly Irish. Uh, I'd be rather surprised to think of Minnesota as being strongly Irish. You say it is? Yes, very much so. St. Paul. Mm -hmm. We have a very large Irish section in St. Paul, a smaller one in Minneapolis. These are the Twin Cities? Yes, uh-huh. On the Mississippi? Right. Yeah. Um, where would the Irish stem from? From famine days mostly, was it? Yes, from famine days. And I would say most of my family were railroad workers. And this was the thing that was basically handed down my grandfather to my father to now my brother to both of his sons. And all of his children were born in the railroad hospital. And uh, education was a big factor. Education was always a, a real pushed situation. In what way? Education was important. Um, also, our church affiliation was very important. And our heritage was very important. Uh, on Sundays, if you didn't go to church, you didn't leave the house. And you weren't allowed to go to anybody else's church. Uh... And Sunday was also a day when all of the relatives would gather. And a Sunday would be maybe 25 to 30 people at the house for dinner. Well, I came on this trip because I'd been here before. I missed my third time over. Actually, I'd been on a trip uh, very much like this one, with a slight variation. So uh, I knew what to expect. I knew this trip would be very relaxing for me. And uh, I was to a point where I was um, ready to unwind. I had a pretty uh, rough year, and uh, this seemed to be the proper place to do it. Uh, especially away from the city, meaning uh, Dublin. I like Dublin, but... Uh, I didn't want to spend too much time there because uh, I'm used to the large cities and after a while they seem to be 
very much alike. So uh, away from the city and into the um, into the area that's not so congested is uh, sort of my cup of tea. And uh, the weather couldn't bother me less. Uh, I couldn't give a darn, you know. Uh, when I come here, I just forget about everything at home. The uh, place of business, the home, and uh, find it very enjoyable. I find the people are friendly. Uh, of course, outside of their big cities, they're fine in the big cities, but outside of the big city, you'll find a, um, a friendliness which is uh, spontaneous. It's not put on. You can see the little children w wave at a tour bus. They evidently know what it's all about. And um, we sort of appreciate that. At least I do. And um, I also found out that uh, they're not about to uh, rip you off, as you say in our country, uh, to uh, overcharge or anything like that. They're... Uh, very nice about things and that of course is away from the city now any big city you're uh, you're bound to get the same thing you know but um, out here in the which is uh, more or less on the sort of a country bit you know uh, I find it um, well it's it's easy on the nerves and uh I really enjoy it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been back for the third time. And I, I have no doubt I, I'll be back again sometime. Uh, Jean had gotten a brochure on a trip to Ireland. And uh, one day she was reading it before we started work, and somebody went by and said, Oh, you're going to Ireland, Jean. And she said, Gee, I sure would like to. And with that, I turned around and I said, Yeah, why don't we? <laughs> and I think it was in the same week that we saw... Delaney Joyce and Odell's ad in our local paper and it sounded more appealing, closer to home so we decided to look into it and decided that's what we're going to do Have either of you got Irish connections? I am Irish but uh, there isn't anyone here that I know of that I can trace back. I, my father is all Irish but he was American born if I have any Irish blood at all, it would be very small amount. <laughs> so is Ireland as you expected it would be? Well, it's as green as I expected. Not more. It's greener than I expected. It's mm -hmm. as green as they say. I think it's pretty much. Yes. Yeah, saying everything that I read about it, uh, now that I've seen so much of it, I think I'm more impressed, really, from what I have heard. The scenery is as gorgeous as, as it was described, if not more so. Well, I'm a lawyer in Minneapolis, uh, and we have five children. Uh, three of the children are our biological children, and two are adopted Korean children. And we decided to come to Ireland for our vacation this year, uh, sort of in the spur of the moment, by seeing an ad for an Irish tour. Uh, I have some... Irish background. Uh, one of my grandfathers uh, was 
Irish. The rest of the grandfathers and grandparents were not Irish. And how do you dispose of five children when you decide to come around here to Ireland? <laughs> oh, my dear sister came from Chicago with her two children, so she has seven for the week. Tell me about the great search you undertook. Okay, uh, from our family tree, the research that my father had done before, he knew that uh, we had a relatives both in Tipperary uh, named Buckley and in Galway County named Nolan. Uh, the way he had it written in the book, it was Parish of Eglas, E-G-L-A-S. So with the very good assistance of our bus driver, uh, he told us that the Eglas probably meant English, I-G-L-I-S-H, and there were two areas in Galway County having that as part of their name. One was a, a Sean English, which was down by Gort, and another one just English, which was up in the area of Ballasinoro. I can't remember the name. Ballaslow? Ballinaslow? Ballinaslow. And it was out there, uh, about six miles out from there, there's a village called Athenus Craig. <laughs> <laughs> we call it Ash Crash, and I don't know what yeah. it is. But it was in the, in the vicinity of that village uh, that there was an area called just plain English. So he gave us directions, and we rented a car and drove up there, driving for the first time on the improper side of the street <laughs> to our taste, uh, and made it up there uh, yesterday evening and uh, looked around in the rain, uh, went through the, uh, the abbey uh, graveyard looking for Nolan on tombstones and didn't find any. Then we drove back again this morning, and went back and took a picture of the Abbey because we didn't have our camera the night before, and it was a better day. Uh, and then went back in and talked to the curate at the uh, church in the, the little village there, in it, whatever it was. <laughs> and he, uh, we were really struck because we thought we were very far out in the, as far as one could, could uh, be from civilization and places where the tourists had been. And he opened the door with his coat in his hand. He, was getting, he had just come in. And uh, I said who I was and that I came from America to try and find my ancestor. And he said, oh, my God, more <laughs> of them. <laughs> so apparently he had been hounded by tourists all summer long. And uh, he explained to us that the records of the parish were incomplete back in the period of time that I wanted because this ancestor of mine, Winifred Nolan, had been born in 1812 in County Galway. And uh, he said their records only went back to about 1860 because there had been a fire. But he did uh, take us through the parish baptismal records from 1860 all the way through 1900, trying to find some trace of Nolan's in uh, English portion on, of the parish. And uh, there was really no success at all. I'm Don Riley with the St. Paul newspapers in Minnesota, USA. I'm a sports columnist, and uh, this is my second trip to Ireland. I was here four years ago, uh, but I was here without my wife. I was with a group of journalists, and we stayed uh, mostly in the western part of Ireland. Uh, I was so impressed then with the rugged beauty of Connemara, uh, with the sweetness uh, of the people, the overall hospitality, which I think is the warmest of any place in the world, that uh, I said to my wife when I got home, I've got to take you to Ireland, and Dottie escorted me this time, and uh, we've had just a, a dazzling uh, success as a trip. I think we've seen as much as any two people could see in the space of eight days. And uh, once again, we are both completely captivated by the, the warmth of the Irish, the softness, their patience. And I think the greatest selling point, if you have anything, one 
I had one commodity that could be bottled and sold all over the world. It is just the Irish charm of the people. Uh, you can have the rugged countryside, you can find those, and you can find uh, big buildings, and you can find traffic jams anywhere in the world, but you can't find the Irish people, the native people, only here. And to me, this is the beauty of Ireland. And uh, eight days wasn't enough this time. I'll have to come back again the next time, maybe for eight months, hopefully, John. Pat Summers, the manager of the Galway Ryan, told me what these tours mean to the hoteliers. Well, they're easier in one sense that they're organised. They arrive all together, they check in together, they go into a restaurant, and you can time them to whatever time the restaurant will be quiet. So from staff point of view, it's easier for us. This is really ideal trade for you, that you get a, a bulk booking that fills you out in the, in the lean season for you. It is, yeah. It helps us on the shoulders, the start of the season and the end of the season. What kind of complaints do you get from these coach parties? Uh, coach parties in the whole, very little. They seem to be very well organised. They know where they're going and uh, I have no problems with them. Well, we would have an average of two every night, possibly three some nights. That represents how many people? About 90, 80, 90? 45, 90 people. Roughly 50%. And you'd average two buses every night of the season? We would do, yeah. For how many months? From April till September. So it's very big business, It in is, fact. yes. Friday morning brought the solid western rain. We started the Connemara tour, but could hardly see the edges of the road, let alone the scenery. Plans were changed, and we spent the morning instead shopping in Connemara. What did you buy? Well, I'm considering this, a T-shirt. What do you think the hand knits? I think they're beautiful. And I have bought one for myself. They're gorgeous. Do you have um, handmaids like these in the States? Uh, no, not that I can think of offhand. That what thing about is beautiful. the prices? Much better here. Did you buy any Waterford class or anything? No, I didn't because I have enough of it at home. I've collected it over the years. My mother. I didn't buy any, and I didn't buy any bleak. Beautiful, though, isn't it? I don't think it's as nice as it used to be a few years ago. It doesn't seem like it's that much of an eggshell. Of course, weren't they having a problem there for a while making it? I bought some of these sweaters. Uh, a hand knit for a man and a woman, and one of the hand loomed. Also, lots of water for glass. Do you collect glass? Yes, I do. I already have Waterford, but I'm buying it for other people as Christmas gifts. Um, I bought a T-shirt that says Ireland for my friend, and that's all I bought this time. Do you find the hand knits uh, attractive? Yeah, really nice. And expensive. A lot cheaper than America. In Ambrose Joyce's marble shop in Moycullen, business was brisk. Our main customers are the touring buses, yes, without a doubt. Oh, they certainly are. We get quite, an, quite a big lot of cars, of course, touring cars, calling here during the summer months as well, you know. But uh, the touring buses are our, uh, our, our main customers. We have often as, as many as, uh, oh, maybe six, eight, maybe six or eight buses outside at the one time, you know. 
that we're, we're often that shop is often packed with people, you know. Do quite quite considerable business during the summer months. Yeah. And this um, this ornamental stuff, I imagine, would appeal particularly to tourists. Uh, appeals particularly to tourists, especially the green marble from Connemara seems to have a. Uh, it seems to have a special appeal for Americans, you of know. Of course, the colour is yeah, right. Yeah, the colour, yes, that's yes. it, yeah. Michael's, oh no, he was looking for the silver. Was the half silver? I was looking for a ring. The last night of our tour was spent dining in medieval splendour in Napo Castle. Good evening, my lady. How are you? Welcome. Good evening, my lady. Welcome to Napo. How are you? Let's launch your sail. Health and long life to you. You're welcome. In the main hall, grace before our meal. From this table to the castle doorway and beyond, we thank thee, God, for the plenteous fish in our running seas, the lowing beasts in field and glen, and the little traveller bees bearing honey from the scarlet hills. O Father of our people, O threshold of light, for all this goodness we give thee thanks. This blessing past, you will be presented with wines and bitters. Now feast together with great jollity and healths around. And feast we did to mime and music. Saturday morning, departure for Shannon at 10 o'clock to catch a 2 o'clock plane. And on the way out in the coach, a word of warning about duty-free purchases. Additionally, in New York, it would be advisable that you carry the liquor with you and not check it through, as you would, uh, you might, a smaller piece of luggage. The reason I say this is because the luggage in New York has to be transferred from one terminal to another. And those uh, luggage handlers knows what Irish liquor looks like, and it uh, just may not make it. So. The last word on the coach tour, quite rightly, lay with Eddie, the courier. Now, before I put down the microphone for the last time, on behalf of all of us associated with your tour here in Ireland for the past eight days, well, we sincerely hope that you enjoyed yourself and that you'll take back fond memories of our country. The weather wasn't too much in our favour, unfortunately, but as far as we are concerned, we'd like you to think that you enjoyed yourself with us for the past week. Now, I'm not one to make a long-winded goodbye speech, but what I say, I say it very sincerely, that in the week we had uh, a very good, congenial group of people to travel with and to work for, and whether today it is Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Kansas, New Jersey, or where else that you're going to, Philadelphia, <laughs> a safe journey across the Atlantic. Goodbye and may God bless you all. <laughs>